Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this, our 26th episode, the one recorded on Earth 26 as part of our Crisis on Infinite Podcast, Major Spoilers Second Birthday Celebration, uh, we kind of picked up where we left off talking about Wanted, and, and Matthew has a really good question about should we promote or should we stand behind uh, comic books that are extreme just for extreme sake. And we kind of take a look at that. Uh, there's some harsh language in that. But then suddenly, in the middle of the discussion, it devolves into a long conversation about LARPing and everything that Rodrigo does uh, in the world of gaming outside of, of MM, MMOs. So check it out. Here's a question. Okay. I mean, it's an important question. The, the point that Hercules... Hercules, 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 Hercules. Is if you look at Hercules, Hercules, and you take into account his thoughts about is over the top for the sake of over the top something that we should, you know, encourage or something that we should, you know, not buy. When I look at it from the perspective of this book, kind of felt like I've been reading comics for twenty years, and they're all, you know, kind of for young kids. And I'm a man, damn it, and I'm a big, I'm a big manly man. I want to kill something and eat it and then make love to its woman and this <laughs> this book kind of felt like we're going to take everything that you know about the comics you grew up with the secret identities and the silliness and the you know the the lame villains who want to be trees or you know take somebody like the penguin and put it in a realistic setting and make those dangerous characters legitimately real world psycho perverse evil you know, dangerous as possible. You take somebody like, you know, Catwoman and make her into a sociopath. Or, you know, you take the Joker and you make him into this mass-murdering fuckhead. There we go again! I, you know, I don't... The thing is, I didn't pick this up originally in the store, and I don't know why. It may have been because the cover was off-putting to me in the original it was an, series. It was an image comic, too, and I don't, you know... You, don't you may not have had the availability in western Kansas of the mm. image books. Oh, no, we do. But, I yep. mean... And I and when did this come out? It came out like uh, ninety two thousand three, I think. Oh, okay. So I was already here. I, you know what? Because I wasn't buying at the store, that's probably why. And I'm sure I saw the cover image in previews, and I was just like, mm, no, it doesn't. I I put off yeah. reading this book for a long time because a guy I know who's a total tool really likes it. <laughs> yeah, and he just loves it, loves it so much. So I was I like, actually, I I only bought it because. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was I was thinking, and I bought it because I was like, well, I'm reading comics now, and the art looks really cool. So I was like, I came into this comic thinking I need to hate this comic. And it, you know, it changed my mind. It's a, it's a, it's a good book. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went all the way, like, oh, I really like this. And then I kind of came back somewhere in the middle to, well, you know, there's stuff about it that could be different. I, the only reason I picked it up, and this, I mean... Uh, there's a comic store over in Lawrence. I used to work over there, and I would commute. And Thursday mornings, I would just go to hit on the pretty owner. Is that the uh, Monkey Monkey Comics? What was it? Mass Street no. Comics? <laughs> Mass Street is gone. They're now no, they're Astro Hello, Ki Hello Kitty. Astro Kitty. Yeah. No, it's it's quality, the one that nobody goes to, but, you know, the hardcore freaks. and. Oh, geeks. you know, I used to uh, – that was my very first comic store that I went to in Lawrence back when on Mass Street, that was the only comic store you could go to, and it was yep. right next to the used bookstore, and in that used bookstore, and I don't even know if that one's still around. I think it's a, a floor shop or something. Is, 
The Vagabond is still there. Oh, is it? I used to yep. go in all the time, and that's where I would get my 1960s Doc Savage books for like yep. 50 cents. And then you'd go over to Quality Comics, and they'd have a Doc Savage book, and they'd be selling it for 20 bucks. <laughs> and I'd be like, nope, going back over to the Vagabond. And get it. But yeah, I would go into Quality Comics all the time and, and buy comics. That was my first comic book store. Nice. The owner actually sold out to his uh, niece, who's like ridiculously hot. That's pretty yeah, redhead. Is she, uh, is she uh, kind of um, got not gothish, suicide girlish? Vaguely, vaguely suicide girlish. She's got you know the dark red hair and the eye makeup, and she's yeah. always showing. I've showing met her, her before. I've met her before. Yeah, Samantha's awesome, and she you know she told me that it was cool because at the time she wanted to sleep with Halle Berry, and she handed <laughs> me this, and I bought it. I think I bought it around the same time that I bought Marvel Zombies. And I'm like, yeah, I'll buy these and blah, blah, blah. And both of them turned out to be really compelling books, really good reads that I was surprised as hell I wasn't going to buy. But once I bought them, I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. Marvel Zombies, Ish- the first run of it, the first arc of it, I and I, I didn't pick up any of the other ones, but the first arc was just yeah. fantastic. That moment in that first issue of Wanted, the moment where we find out that, that Wesley is actually the son of the killer... And then, of course, the moment where they eat Magneto on panel. Both of them, you, you go in and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm kind of here. But you get to that scene and it just catalyzes it. And I totally oh, bought yeah. in at that point. Which one do like, they, they eat Magneto? No, no, in Marvel Zombies, oh, he's comparing oh, oh, them. Oh, okay, all right. I'm sorry. I'm comparing I was like, the two what? I thought he what? ate, uh, I thought Richter ate, what's his face? Uh, Dr. Seltzer. Eat shithead and die, I believe is what you're thinking. But, um, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> The thing that the thing that really got me was back at the point in time when Paul Dini was doing the uh, Batman animated. Tom Boaz always used to say that he didn't like the Clayface because he looked like a walking turd. Yeah, mm. and somebody took that to its literal extreme, you know. And it just, it, it I don't know. I understand the gross out factor is there, and you can't deny that they went in saying, "Let's gross out these people. Let's piss off people who mm. think Bizarro is a great character." But they did something with it that, you know, they did something unique with it. They started with these bits and pieces, and it went somewhere interesting. And then you get to the end, and they kick you in the nuts. Well, I don't even think that they... Well, I didn't get the Eminem connection until you guys said I really didn't pay attention. The only one that I was like, oh, yeah, that's Halle Berry. Uh, that mm-hmm. was the only one. But everyone else, I was like, okay, I didn't tie into pop culture people at the, at when I read this the first time. But, you know, when you first read it, you're not thinking, oh, there's Amanda Waller, who's the guy's boss. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't tie into that. But then I get to the first page where it's all these villains standing around, and I'm like, holy crap, there's a – it's at at his initiation. And and you look in the background, it's like, oh, there's Ghost Rider. Oh, look, there's uh, Mr. Freeze. Oh, look, there's so-and-so. And I was like, okay, now I started paying attention. And the next thing you know, it's like, holy crap, they've really peppered this with Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they pushed it as far as they probably legally could without getting into trouble. But what right. you're asking, Matthew, is should we support comics that are over the top? Is that what you're saying? That over should the- should no. we? I mean, should we support a book that? And this one, I think, had substance behind it. But mm-hmm. should we support a book that is basically shocking for shocking's sake? I see. I don't. I don't think so. And. You know, I I read that uh, hyperkinetic book, and that comic is just cool for coolness' sake. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. you know, hot girls in a spaceship. What else do you mm-hmm. need? What uh, substance? Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, and you know, and and here's the thing: it that book is a great example because the art is working against the book. 
the art mm. is so over the top because people are like, oh, 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 this is what people are into. This like really crazy art. Right. So the chicks aren't attractive. Sometimes you can't tell what's going on. It doesn't. It the the tone of the book is supposed to be funny, and the art just kind of pushes it even further to the point where you know if, it's like if you're watching a cartoon, you don't expect there to be consequences, like. I read that book and I'm like, these characters cannot get hurt because this is a cartoon. You know, right. if somebody drops an anvil on them, right. especially because of the way they react, um, they're not going to die. Nobody's in danger in this book. Right. Well, I think, you know, as far as the gore factor goes, you know, right in the first couple of pages, you're seeing these guys getting their brains blown out and you see body parts lying around and just, you know, head being blown off, essentially. And I'm thinking, okay, have I become that desensitized to the violence where it doesn't bother me? And to the point I was kind of like, eh, this is kind of pushing it a little far, but I'm accepting it. But at the same time, I go back and I look at the killing joke where the Joker shoots Barbara Gordon in the spine and we see that right on screen. And that right. doesn't bother me. Didn't It kind of bothered me then. But now it's just well, like, okay, she got shot. And, you know, I at, at on the one hand... As long as there's something to back it up, if you can, and this is the same reason why when I talk to my students about shooting or editing or whatever that they're wanting to do, if you can justify it, if there's a legitimate reason for this girl taking off her shirt, if there's a, a legitimate reason for you using foul language, in the, course, in the case of this podcast, we used it because that's what was in the book. Mm -hmm. If there's a legitimate reason for doing these things then it's okay if you have a justification for it. If you're only doing it because you know it's going to get viewers or you know it's going to titillate people or you know it's going to cause people to get all their panties in a bunch, mm -hmm. then I think you've probably lost the point of or the purpose of the tale that you're trying to tell. And I don't get that in this book. No, the I, reason the, why we have the violence and sex in the language is because we're trying to show that these are not good people. Oh, absolutely. And what you were what you were saying um, is something that um, in film school they tried to, to to get across to us a lot is, you know, uh, you have to set up the world. You can you can set up a world in which people are dying all the time. Just every every second of film, bam, 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 somebody's right. dead. And that Quentin and that, Tarantino and it can be funny, it can be scary, it can be good, it can be bad. You know, the fact that all these people are dying could be a hilarious thing. It just matters. Uh, it depends on the consequences of it. It mm -hmm. depends on the attachment to it. And it depends on how the world is set up. Um, I think in the first Blues Brothers they had it, but I know they had it in that, that Blues Brothers 2000. There's a scene where, like, these police cars just keep crashing right, into right, each right, other. Right, right. And it just gets to the point where, like, cars are just launching. Yeah. And, you know, if that, if that had happened in, well, for example, in uh, the first Batman, in, uh, uh, what, what was the, the first Begins. Christian Bale? Batman Begins. Yeah. You'd be like, all those cops are dead. Right. Right? Right. But in Blues Brothers, all the cops get out of their cars and, like, they're, uh, just you know, their hats, their hats and... are crooked and yeah. stuff like that. So, it's hilarious. And right. it's the same thing. In The Matrix, people get gunned down all over the place, but none of those people have faces. Yeah, but you don't see heads exploding. You don't see arms being torn off. You see them get shot. You see people's arms breaking. You see people, you see people get their shot arms broke. in the head. Do we see blood shooting out? I think we do see a little bit. But here's the thing. That doesn't matter. Because the very graphic aspect of it is one thing. Uh, somebody is dying on camera. They're right. getting shot in the head. Right. You could do that with a laser, you know, a right. magic laser or whatever, yeah, and, and then there's no thing. But they're still dying. Right. 
That's well, the important then, part, I think. I mean, look at something like um, Quentin Tarantino, who I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, he, it seems like sometimes he's using uh, violence and graphic violence just for shock value and nothing more. Yes, no, maybe? I mean, does he have a point for using? I mean, is there a reason why in Kill Bill, when she chops off the guy's arm, you got to stand there for like 10 seconds as the guy going, ah, and blood squirting out? And that's, I mean, it's an homage to right, a certain film style, but... That's is, like it, Italian Spider-Man for me. I mean, yeah. they're, they're intentionally making references not just to the story or uh, an event that happened, but... To the creators, to the medium, to the actual tools that they use to make those movies. When you, when you're referencing, like the problem that I had with Kill Bill was the point where she ripped out Daryl Hannah's other eye. <laughs> you rip out her eye and then you crush it under your foot, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's the point where you lost me right there. Because yeah. yes, it, it's one thing to have this woman running around with one eye, and I'm like, oh, she's got an eye patch. Oh no, now she's blind. You've blinded this woman. You've completely yeah, but she was evil. And you ruined your life. The, and she got bit by her own snake. That's not the point. She's going to die horribly right. in the dark because of this. And that's, I mean, that's a point where I can see the point because being made that sometimes too much is too much. She's a bad motherfucker. And, and here's the thing. That character <laughs> has a face. True. All the crazy 88s that get killed, it doesn't they matter. In fact, masks. it's hilarious. Yeah. They don't have faces. Okay. The boss has a face. Yes. And that's why it matters when she ma- manages to, to kill slice him. her head off. But, but you know what? You don't see Go-Go her head getting sliced off, right? But it's it's you, the video game mentality. Yeah. Well, let me you, ask you this question because you heard me laughing and clapping when you were saying pulling the <laughs> eye out. And I did that for a very specific reason. We went and saw Grindhouse and we sat through the whole three hours, both films back to back. Classy. And there was this group of freaking morons that every time something graphic happened, they would just stand up and howl and clap at the screen, just like, oh, this one guy like laughed like a freaking baboon for 30 seconds or longer over somebody getting their head chopped off or shot off or something. Oh, yeah. A baboon. <laughs> what does that say? I mean, are we, are we in a different culture now where things are, we're accepting this kind of stuff? Matthew, you said video games. Well, I think there's, there is a case to be made, not necessarily... I don't want to make it an age thing, because it's not about your age, but the tone of the culture has changed to the point where gore, for instance, uh, what, 40, 30 years ago, Night of the Living Dead was practically a rated X movie because of that scene with those two guys in black and white eating sausages that may or may not have been somebody's guts. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now you have a movie like Grindhouse, where you know, you're, you're seeing characters decapitated and chopped up and maimed and mutilated for fun and profit. There's a change in the culture to where that's no longer, it's no longer shocking. It's no longer taboo or out of the ordinary. And Yes, there's a case to be made that some people use it to get attention and say, hey, look at my horrible movie. You'll need a barf bag to watch this movie. You remember, I think it was The Legend of Boggy Creek. The last 20 minutes of this movie are the scariest thing you'll ever see on television. If you watch it, it's crap. It's two guys rolling around in rubber suits. Nice. It's Gamera with a higher budget. But <laughs> the culture... All children. Exactly. <laughs> the culture now has been exposed to more things. And, you know, we, we referenced furries. Fifteen years ago, one of us would have known what furries were, and that person would have been a perv. 
Wait, I knew what a furry was 15 years ago. And And I didn't. That's the point. Because 15 years ago, I was uh, 10. 10. (laughs) 15 years ago, I was 22 in college. And I remember the point where I found out what a furry was. So did I. And I was just like Rodrigo. Huh, here's this interesting file. What is this? What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And here's the thing. Being a... Being a gamer, it's even worse, like role-playing games, because there is oh. there's a furry subgenre, and there's like clean furries of people who just want to be like, yeah, you know, I want to be like a fox guy, fox pirate. We're all pirates, and we one of my friends a horse, you know, kind of like uh, <laughs> kind of like kind of like Disney stuff, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, you know, adventure, except you know, like in Robin Hood, everyone's an animal, and then there's the other kind of furries, and it's all Fritz role-playing stuff. Fritz so of course, it all comes back and. Ref- Flex badly on the whole, uh, right. whole genre. Well, one of the things that you know that I remember is we have, and I say this, we we say it at the store like it's a bad word. We have LARPers, live action role players. Yeah. Oh. And I, I'm not going to cast a Wait, Rodrigo might be a LARPer. I was. LARPer? I ran a LARP. Awesome. We had okay. So you tell me. We had a kid who mm-hmm. went in downtown Kansas City, broad daylight on a Saturday afternoon, and attacked somebody with a toy pistol. A black toy pistol Shoot that him. no one could tell wasn't on a city bus. Shoot him. He did not understand that this might shock the other people on the bus because he was so into his character, you know, the Prince of Topeka, mm-hmm. uh, doing some, uh, you know, redoing some terrible wrong that he did not understand what was going on there, that, that there was another way people could take this. We, we have a name for those uh, in, in Vampire LARP. We call them idiots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got to tell me, what is a Vampire LARP? All right, well, first off, LARP stands for Live Action Role Playing. Right. Um, so you've got to dress up. Do you got to dress up? You, you do have, have to dress, dress up. up. Okay. So um, you'd be like you don't cape ha- okay. and fangs and makeup and all I, that stuff? I'm getting to okay. it. Okay. Let's 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 start at the basics. Okay. You got you got D and D, right? I'm fascinated. I gotta yeah. know this stuff. A bunch of people sit around a table, roll dice. They pretend they're elves and dwarves, right? Right, right. Then you have like there's a tabletop game called Vampire, in which you pretend to be a vampire in the same way that you pretend to be an elf. Okay. Um, With vampire, more fangs, right? Ninety percent more fangs <laughs> and blood. Vampire LARP is the extension of that game where instead of sitting around a table and rolling dice, you actually act like your character does. So now, do you get to like take five steps forward and say, I strike thee. Kind of. Roll for initiative. It, no, pretty much. Really? It is kind of like that. Um, the uh, White Wolf Press, who puts out the book, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot of rules in there and they're like, okay, game master, here's how this is going to roll. Nobody touches each other, there's no actual weaponry. Any props have to be non-weapon props because people are going to freak out. And these, this is written into the game. People who choose yep. to ignore that are being stupid. Right. Um, it's in there for a reason. So, yeah, basically, um, and here's the thing. You talk about dressing up. People do dress up. But here's the thing. According to the setting of the game, vampires have insinuated themselves into every aspect of society. So when you dress like your character, you dress like a businessman. Or you, I see. You know, probably the most extreme things you end up with are people that are either dressed up like homeless people because they're like vagrant vampires. Right. Or there is, you know, there are deformed vampires. So then, you know, people like put on basically try to make themselves look like the old Nosferatu, like yeah, 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 kind yeah. of thing. Um, Thriller. Yeah. No, wait, those were zombies, my bad. No, yeah. they were werewolves, I thought. No, 
Michael Jackson was a cat monster, oh, okay. and then he was now, surrounded by zombies. Would he be part of a LARPer? Would he be a LARPer? No. Well, there are, there is of, a werewolf LARP. Now, but, one okay, of the, so now one what of happens? The, Wait a minute. Go ahead. What's your question, Matthew? One of the things that um, the LARPers around here were just thrilled about is there used to be a professional wrestler called Gangrel, who yeah. was who was playing a character who was licensed from White Wolf, mm -hmm. and he was a LARPer himself. And in the game, you have points for status mm -hmm. because of the fact that he was a national celebrity, albeit a minor one, in his, his vampire identity. He would go to LARPs, and he would have these huge status points. And the people who met him here in town, they went and they met him, and they interacted with him and did like a 12 to 15 second role play with Gangrel, this character, mm -hmm. got points in the game for rubbing, basically his status points rubbed off on them. Yeah. Okay, now wait was, a minute. It, 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 okay, so you get you pick your character and you say, well, I'm a businessman right. vampire and I shall go out and hire a pretty secretary which I shall bite on the neck and turn her into a vampire right. and so on and so on. Uh, well, so but then now how does this go? Do you have a, Do you have a setting? I mean, you know, I'm yeah. used to playing... MMORPGs, or back when Matthew and I were, were younger, we'd get on the moose or the muds on the, mm -hmm. and it'd be all yeah. text-based adventures, right? Right. Where we would say, okay, I'm going to go do this now, and then I'll go do this. All right, so you get into this, I don't know, where do you go, to the park? Um, actually, we did it inside a building. We took, because this was in college, we just rented, rented, because this was free. Um, we just asked for a building, and they're like, okay, th you can use these 10 rooms, and we would just do it in every room. Basically, what it would be like is, um, you know, in your standard vampire larva, it would be like, you are a businessman vampire. I'm like, uh, you know, like, I want to run an art gallery. And Matthew is actually like a really crazy scientist vampire. Um, and all three of us want control of the city. So then we go around and we politic with people. Sometimes we kill people. Sometimes we do this or the other thing with the other players to try to get control of the other players' actions and then, you know, sort of subvert each other. Kind of like in Wanted. So, uh, Wanted is actually it, a real I mean, good way to look at a vampire. Now, mark. is there a game master guy that's sitting up on like a high chair saying... <laughs> He Player one, your move. No, he does not get a cool hat, nor does he sit in a chair, um, unless he's tired, I guess. You usually have a game master, and in Vampire LARP, you have a lot more people. Uh huh. Uh, so you usually have... Uh, like how many people are usually involved in a LARP? Oh, you can have anything, anywhere from five to hundreds. I mean, the, the organization that uh, Matthew was talking about is called One World by Night, and there is a LARP for one world by night in every city in the United... Any, every major city of, in the United States, a bunch of minor ones, Brazil, Europe, all over the place. Topeka. And you can... Topeka. <laughs> you can take your character from one world by night Topeka, fly to Florida, and go into the one world by night Miami LARP and say, my name is Thaddeus Bumblesuch, Prince of Topeka. And uh, they're like, okay, get, you know... I will announce you, other vampires is the Prince of Topeka. Please uh, don't try to kill him for tonight, but uh, if you absolutely have to, nobody can control your character. Yeah, but so um, what it is, so you just sit around and you, like, uh, you've got a room of these ten rooms at your mm -hmm. art gallery. Right. And I'm the businessman banker guy. Right. And so people will come into the bank and I'll do my, I don't know, it, it's role playing, but it's kind of like mm -hmm. play acting, yeah. improvisation. You, you and, step into your character and you're like, oh, hello, uh, 
I'm Steve younger, the Banker. Younger vampire number one. Um, I want to be called Steve the Banker. Steve, hello, I am Steve the Banker. Nice to meet you, Froshy the Vamp. Oh, hey, Steve the Banker. How's it going? Um, listen, I'm trying to get an audience with the prince, but he won't listen to me. Oh, hey. Well, have you thought about our low-cost interest loans that we're having 5.1% this month? <laughs> you probably wouldn't go into that, but you oh, could. Okay. Because as a banker, Good. you'd have that right. You could. And, that's, and I could that's sign, you have some, sign something in blood. <laughs> now I own your soul. You must do what I... Well, you don't have a soul. Ah, you must do what I say. There, there is, is a, a way it? in game to kind of gate get control of people that way you know vampires also have essentially vampire powers um they can move really fast they're they can be do you have to strong. tell people that you're moving really fast yes it's you also now, have are to there tell also when you're obscuring yourself and sneaking mm-hmm. around in the shadow yep you you That's you, you tell people there are there are hand gestures for it if you put your hands over your chest that means you're invisible now and wait people have to what's this move matthew didn't you tell me about this move that's that's that, where you raise your hands up above your head. That basically means you're a werewolf, and okay. you've just turned into a giant. You know, have you seen the howling? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. just turn into that guy, oh, and now you're okay. like. Rah. And werewolves are really powerful. Maybe it wasn't Matthew. Maybe it's one of my students was telling me about. They I, were I think I might have somebody did that, and went, I think I might have mentioned it to you. Yeah. The okay. All right. So you got all these hand gestures. You got all these. Now, are there non-vampire player characters in the in this? Usually not. So how do I turn my secretary into a vampire if I don't have my secretary? You go to the game master and you say, um, I would like to pay a visit to my secretary's house because obviously we're all vampires. It's after hours. None of us are up during the day. Right. You know, you're a, you're a, uh, your, your cover is that you're a um, eccentric. Right, banker. But you've, you've led your company to victory partially because you've been around for a thousand or so years and you okay. just keep moving money around. Okay. Um, so you go to your no secretary's house, loans. and you want to turn her into a vampire. Right, right, right. So you go to the game master, and you say, you know, I'd like to go to my secretary's house and turn her into a vampire. It's like, okay. All right, you drive over to her house, and, and so then the game master steps into the role of your secretary. Ah. And, you know, you might try to charm her. You might try to use your super vampire strength to just kind of pick her up and bite her. Whatever you want to do from there. I mean, you do have pretty much total control of your character, except... That you can't do things that you don't have the stats for in your sheet. Okay. You know, like in a, so do I have to roll dice? Is there dice rolling? Is there things like I'm moving five steps forward? They've they've and then they've it's somebody changed, else's turn. They've changed the actual thing that they that they do because there's a new edition out. Uh-huh. But when I was playing, you had these stats, and then to decide who won a particular challenge, you actually threw rock, paper, scissors. So if you know, I was playing your secretary. Um, and I'm going to bite you on the neck. Right. Rock. Exactly. You threw rock. I threw scissors. Ah, rock beat scissors. Right. Then you'd have her. I but see. But then there's all these other stats. For example, like, uh, you know, you're a, you're a scary vet. Let's say and... um, you threw scissors and she threw rock. And you're like, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm a powerful vampire. I have this stat here that allows me to retest strength challenges. So you rethrow again. So you throw again. I see. I see. Stuff like that. And so, who wins? How do you win? You don't. You just it's keep a, playing. It's a role-playing game. It's like Dungeons & Dragons. You yeah, don't but a, you have win, a quest in Dungeons & Dragons. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I mean, well, if you have a, a long-term character, like, God help me, I had a character that I played for the better part of ten years, mm-hmm. who didn't really have it, 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 you know, it's like Batman. There are a series of adventures, and some are better than others, but it's not really a goal to where that character was, you know, you get uh, here, press the win the game button. 
necessarily, but as you go on, you gain in status and you gain in power. You, you get different abilities, and the more power you have, especially in the vampire and in the LARP, the more power you get, you can turn that into more status. You become well-known. Do you get money? Uh, in real life or in the yeah. game? Are there prizes that you win? No. I'm not trying to make light of this. I'm trying to understand no, no, no. it. Because yeah, yeah. no. next no, time I go all... out to the park and there's these guys it's... flicking their fingers at one another and saying, I cast the spell on you! I don't know what they're You're, doing. It's, you, you make remember about what... as much money as you do playing video games, which oh, is okay. to say none. Okay. I mean, it's only for the satisfaction of playing. But they don't have big tournaments where you can go LARP they tournament do. They have, they win have, some pro- fabulous they prizes. Have, they're more like conventions, really. And if any prizes are given away, they're just Usually out of character raffles. costumes. No, probably not. <laughs> One of the Furry things that I see... are another thing altogether. <laughs> As with any role-playing game, there's different levels of immersion. Mm-hmm. There's one of, the, one of the locals at the store who actually got a permanent tattoo of his vampire bite on his throat. Because yeah. that, to him, is more real, more tolerable than his miserable life working you know, in a call center for the state. And uh, that's that's another thing. Like Rodrigo said, people. Some people are happy with their lives and role play, you know, for a little escapism. Some people, and you know, it's it's no more prevalent in LARP than any other game. Some people hate their lives and are setting up something that they consider to be more palatable, something where they can be the person they really want to be. It's like mm-hmm. the furries. Well, you I mean, I play War- Warcraft it's, on it's a. It's like uh, World of Warcraft. I played on an RP server. You know, a mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, not a PV. P server, but just a an RP server where you were supposed to role play your character. Mm-hmm. Even though people break out of it all the time, and I try to get into it, it just seems a little weird for me. Yeah, and in video games, because I'm playing City of Heroes right now, and I'm playing primarily on the RP server, right? And it's it's hard because th- unlike a role playing game that has been designed with the interaction in mind. Um, in video games, you have to break character all the time because an instance doesn't work. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I am a powerful superhero, but I actually can't punch through this wall because it's a video game wall right. that I'm not supposed to cross. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so uh, I, I kind of get a good idea. And again, I'm not making light. I'm just no. trying to understand. Uh, so why did you get out of LARPing? Um, well, you need a lot of people to LARP, but I haven't gotten out of role-playing games. Right. Um, well, I, I, I was also I was yet. I was actually like the the actual like fiscal president for the LARP for a little bit, um, just because it, it was one of those things. Is like if I didn't do it, nobody would do it, and the organization would die. I see. So this is so, like college. Yeah. So I got into it. Um, I was the game master for two out of the four years that I played. And how often did you get together? Every weekend? Every other weekend. Okay. So the the LARP at Northwestern, at least back then, was pretty relaxed. If somebody didn't show up, it was okay. Their character was just yeah, doing something just, else. Yeah, hey, he's been stabbed yeah. to the heart. He's yeah. waiting for he's, his He's sleeping off his centuries of torpor or whatever. Torpor? Um, I hardly know her. Exactly. <laughs> Matthew, did you LARP once you left Very college? Very briefly. Very, very briefly. Um, I you didn't actually, LARP in college, did you? Negative. Uh, they didn't have LARP when we were in That's college. That's what I was wondering. LARP. We had moos and muds, and I played on right. those. LARP, LARP is more of a, of a recent thing, probably near the, the late 90s. But mm-hmm. I, at one point, I was running a, I can't really call it a Champions game because I didn't have Champions books. I used the GURPS Heroes rules, and I had right. like 20 players, and I was running it. And I, I had to go to work for two weekends, and all of a sudden, they started a vampire LARP. Ah, I see. So trying to hang out with the players that I had played with, I went to this vampire LARP, and I found it to be too 
desperate. And yeah. I don't like I don't want to cast light and I you know, I don't want to be offensive, but there was a girl and she was a sweet girl. She was a wonderful girl. She was, you know, really pretty. She was kind of heavy set and she was pretty in that mm -hmm. Midwestern sort of, you know, very, very average but pretty girl. And I like those girls. The character that she role played was this ultimate sex goddess to the point where her character's name was actually, you know, the name that she used that mm -hmm. everybody knew her by was SK, SK Sex Kitten. Mm -hmm. And her boyfriend was this really quiet, you know, reader geeky guy who loved the tolkien books and his character was this you know s this straightforward completely uncompromising he was essentially a paladin he was this knight errant who happened to be a vampire mm -hmm. and watching them you know transmorph from the people that they didn't like being to the people that they really wanted to being made me very sad mm -hmm. because you know it, it, they put so much effort and so much love into these characters and i'm just like I, again, I don't want to be mean. I read comic books. I still read comic books. I've read comic books for years, and I know that my social skills are, you know, and have been in the past, not the best in the world. But put some effort into the real you. Oh yeah. You and know, you can you can be the person that you want to be without creating a whole new persona that has to be uber cool. And it just it just felt like this particular group had several characters who really didn't like themselves but loved their alter ego so much that mm -hmm. they were trying to subsume themselves in the character. And that's I think that's what gave me my, my generally... And, that and working at the store gave me my generally negative LARP comments. And, and back when I was playing, you know, if we spotted a kid like that, we'd be like, hey, you are either going to stop coming or you're just going to come take a walk with... Like, if somebody got... Like, we had... Every once in a while, the game got intense. People would be crying. People would actually be upset. And to a certain degree, that's what we wanted because we wanted it to be immersive. Yeah, full immersion. But if it ever got to a point that was uncomfortable, one of us would be like, okay, let's just go downstairs. We'll go take a walk outside. Right. Cool down. Then we'll get back to the game. But did you ever have anything like... So you got the game time every other weekend. Mm -hmm. Did anybody try to do stuff like outside of the game like you're walking we, across camp and it's like no hey maltherlon man how you rule dude no you never you're not supposed to be out during the daytime exactly you you never play when there's other people around and that that's one of the things that gives it kind of its creepy nature but really it's so other people because nobody should ever play a role-playing game if they don't want to mm -hmm. right. so you don't force bystanders into your role Do you hear that situation. matthew i'm not playing your damn dungeons and dragons you don't force a busload of strangers Absolutely. to deal with you pulling a gun on, you know, that's, malefactor. That's that's exactly it. We did have sessions in between games. Somebody was like, well, I basically, a lot of the time people would be like, um, you know, this person pissed off my character during game. My character wants to kill them. Can I arrange a meeting in between game to kind of do it so that nobody notices? And we'd be like, all right, well, if you know, we'll uh, put our stamp on it. You contact the player in character. Or send us an email and we'll forward it to them. We always took very right, good right. care that nobody ever so thought... So nobody got in a fist fight or anybody tried to kill anybody no, in real life? No, or never. Like no, we were always real careful about that. And if somebody came in and they were just a total loose cannon about stuff, we were just like, you know what? You're out. We, ha we have a pretty chillax LARP out here. You're kind of not meshing in. Cool it or get out. And usually they'd be like, what? Fuck you guys. I'm going back to Obi-Wan, which is actually what they call One World by Night. And then just take off. Right. Interesting. One of the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen um, Mazes and Monsters with Tom Hanks. 
it's this this D and D. It's this. Wait, D&D isn't that this? Uh, wasn't this this one of these after school specials that was supposed to frighten parents kind of, into yeah. exactly? The kid it's, gets it's so free- wound up into this, he's down in the sewers, thinking he's really he, in the dungeon. This this kid comes in with emotional problems. It's reefer madness for role playing games, but it he gets into it, and they basically create a LARP. This is like what nineteen eighty four. I was going to say seventy. Something. Late 70s, early 80s, because I remember watching and it. This they is on TV, right? Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the kid, you know, the kid gets lost in himself. And I'm like, to my perspective, if you're running a game, if you're the GM, if you're, you know, trying to keep a game like this going, those are the kids that you're going to want to interact with out of character and try and actually, you know, try and help them have a life or a, you know, a, a functioning personality, well, and- which is, which is why, you know, working at the store is so frustrating for me, <laughs> you know, cause occasionally we'll get people who, who cannot have a conversation with me. They're like, um, hi, do you have the one where Batman fights the Joker? Wait, I was just there last <laughs> week and asked you that very question. Uh, you, just, you know, those are the ones that I try to draw out and I try to, you know, they, they tell me about their favorite comics. They're the ones you want to try and have a conversation that leads them away from the obsession to try and, you know, engage well, I, the person as I, well as the, the hobby. I must say there was one student that I had. The whole first year that he was at school, he dressed like Zuliman from Dragon Ball Z, I think is what the character's from. Hmm. Every single day. Oh, I remember that kid. No, he dressed costume. like the the guy from Naruto, didn't he? Didn't he have like well, a that was later or something on. like that? That oh, okay, was later okay. on. But first year, Zuliman, or whatever the guy's name was. Hmm. The whole year. Stinky Man is what I think they called him. Because nice. the kid didn't change his clothes. Then he started to kind of break out of his shell, and then he started wearing some other costumes and and whatnot. Are, I mean, are these the kind of things that we, you kind of have to watch out for with, with yeah. your LARPing community? Well, see, and here's thing? the thing. Our LARP I mean, was... there's a difference between cosplay and LARPing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And our LARP was small enough that we were essentially actually just kind of a big social bro- group that would kind of break up into, like, basically like three families. And... Yeah, I, we would go eat afterwards, and we'd be like, people would be like, oh, yeah, game was awesome. And then the game masters and the the staff, which most of the time were the same people, because, right. you know, we're the people that wouldn't let the LARP die, we would just be like, okay... What video games are you guys playing? What music are you listening to? Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Trying to get people away. Trying to get them to decompress right. from the, you know, because we played for like five hours, something wow. like that. Yeah, it's hard but, to play a role-playing game in less than five hours, honestly. You just, really wow. just kind of don't get warmed up until an hour in. And I mean, it, it, I haven't LARPed, but the last time I did an RPG, we actually played Vampire. And it took about mm, six sessions before we were all really comfortable with the characters and comfortable inhabiting the characters in yeah. front of each other. Because there's that, there's that aspect of acting and there's that aspect of, you know... You, you kind of have to find the character's voice and how they behave and stuff like that. And eventually, I mean, back when I was playing, you know, playing once every two weeks and stuff like that, eventually you're like, okay, I can step right into this character. The important thing is being able to step right back out. And, and were there people that hard. had problems doing that? I mean, is it hard there to were, do that? There were, there were probably two girls in the whole time that I was there who really seemed like um, they had a little bit of trouble with it. And one of them, we just nipped in the bud right away because she came in with a character already made. Like, her name was, like, 
she went by Wazira, and she had a character named Wazira in every pl- char- in every game she'd ever played. And we were like, "Don't, we're not going to accept your character that is nicknamed the same thing you are nicknamed." Yeah, we just, you know, we want you to play something different. We're not going to, we're gonna let you, not going to let you play the more popular version of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, and I think you know the the Northwestern LARP got a big, got pretty famous for being a bunch of stuck up jerks that wouldn't let people play what they wanted, but we just kept very tight pruning of people's characters like you're not allowed to play this this is going to cause you a lot of problems um play something else there's got to be something else that you'd want to play that's going to be fun for you and fun for everybody else fascinating that's 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 the whole thing to me about role playing is you have you have to know who you are to effectively role play somebody else Mm -hmm. and if you're trying to role play you only better it's just going to f up your head both ways. I mean, coming and going, you're going to be messed up. And it, it, honestly, you have to have a detachment from the character. If the character is just you, and somebody pisses you off, like if somebody pisses off your character, they're just going to make you angry. Yeah. Like, I mean, we had well, we had sessions when we were like sitting there, and I was like, man. Mike, I can't believe you killed me this session. You know, I, I can't believe your character actually went off and killed my character. It's like, yeah, I've been planning it for weeks. I'm like, really? What have you been doing? It's like, oh, well, I did this. I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. I wish I'd caught that. Interesting. Yeah. But then you have to go create a new character. So how that's got to be hard. It Wait, is. aren't fun. you Bob the banker? Well, no, no. This week I'm uh, Bill, the gas station owner. Well, and and that's the thing. <laughs> that's the funny thing. You have to keep you're supposed to keep out of character knowledge and in character knowledge separate. So if somebody goes through crazy amounts of trouble to kill you and then hide the fact that you're dead and your player shows up with a different character and yeah. the, the player shows up with a different character, who are like, oh, well, Bob the Banker's dead. Although I did use that at least once where my character got the ability to look like other people. Yeah. So halfway through the game, I just stopped showing up as the character I was playing and started showing up as a different character. People were like, oh, okay, Rodrigo's old character is dead, which is, you know, eh, kind of blurring the line between, right. you know, the the gamer code of you're not supposed to use out of game knowledge. This week, the part of Bob will be played by Rodrigo. Pretty much. Um but that's only if- that was only kind of to get back at the people who were and here's the term metagaming, which right. is to use out of game knowledge in game. I see. To basically overanalyze. I don't know if you've this ever. This is read- a fast. I gotta say, this is a standalone episode by itself because it really this is, is fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. If you've ever read Knights of the Dinner Table, there's a character called Brian. And Brian is like the ultimate metagamer, the, the ultimate yeah. points geek. Brian's thing that's hysterical to me is every character is basically a legacy of his previous character. Mm-hmm. He has a school which creates these mages of the Lotus lineage, and every one of them basically inherits the complete character knowledge of the previous character upon his death. Yeah. So he comes back as Crimson Lotus, and then he comes back as Emerald Lotus. But every time it's the same character because he's basically, he's basically playing Teflon Billy the Mage, and all of that knowledge just travels on to his protege when he dies. Right. So he's the character, you know, the the character in the comic strip has been playing the same character in the game for twenty years because he doesn't want to change, and he's gone to extreme lengths to keep this persona that he loves. And and we had we had you know stuff like this would come up so frequently that we had names for it. You can't we we would tell people you can't play a clone and you can't play an Ego Montoya. 
My name right. is Inigo Montoya. You right, killed right. my last character. Right, right, Prepare right. to die. Right, right, right. You know, like but you, ca- you can't play a character who comes in to avenge your old character, and you can't play the exact same character again. But the thing is, you would be surprised, and Rodrigo wouldn't. Steve might. You'd be surprised how many people think that that is the best basis for a character ever. I've come to avenge my dead brother who looked just like me and left me his journal, so I think like him too. Yep. It's and and know everything about him, right down to the guy who killed him, who spent eight sessions of the game planning how to kill him without anybody knowing. Right. It's called magic. And on that note, everybody, thanks for listening to this special episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. <laughs> All about LARPing. Fascinating. <laughs> And don't forget, you can check us out at our website at Majorspoilers.com. Befriend us on MySpace, myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. You can talk things out in the Major Spoilers forum. Uh, You can send us a a comment, a question, a thought, idea, whatever you want to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And we appreciate everything that everyone's doing for the show. We appreciate everything that everyone's doing uh, for the website. We especially appreciate those people that are putting tips into the Major Spoilers tip jar. You can see that little icon right there on the uh, right corner of the front page. We'll be back tomorrow with another fascinating episode because we know you love comics and pop culture, and we do too, and we'll see you next time. Stop talking about comic books or I'll